0: Now, if you feel like you can never get on top of your Backup House Ops, you'll want to hear about our sponsor for this season, Loaded. Loaded's hospitality management software has changed the game for hospitality performance in New Zealand, and they've just arrived in Australia to help you do the same. Their everything-in-one-place platform helps you master your reporting inventory, simplify your recipe and menu management, reduce your cogs and become an epic central hub that immediately puts you in control. I've seen Loaded's impact firsthand and if you're running a bar, pub, restaurant or cafe, you need to reach out to their team. Check them out at loadedhub.com. Welcome to another Principal of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host as always, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Principal of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight talking, ethically minded and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now with today's show. In today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Quinn Spencer, the esteemed venue manager of Mother Vine and part of the group that also includes East End Cellars in South Australia. With his expertise in hospitality and a passion for delivering exceptional experiences, Quinn has played a pivotal role in establishing these renowned establishments as must visit destinations for wine enthusiasts and food lovers alike. Joining us as we dive into this podcast today and talk about everything that is South Australian and the wine sea that encompasses it. Hey Quinn, how are you? Good thank you. How are you? I am very well. It is fantastic to have you on the podcast, my friend. So thanks so much for joining us. Let's start out in how, you know, you started out in the SA scene. And as we talked about just before the podcast, like even though I'm from South Australia, like we haven't talked to a hell of a lot of South Australian guests. So I've been really excited about today's podcast and what we're going to chat about. But how did you start out in the industry and, and get to the point you are now?
1: So looking back probably four and a half, five years ago, this was a little side job to uni. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to have time with different mates and stuff being at uni. You don't really have a job. So I thought, you know, why don't you work in a cafe in the morning? You know, do uni. I'd see mates outside of that. And I guess I left school. Never really wanted to get in the hospitality industry. Always had a little involvement with family through, through a winery. But, you know, never really got wine, never loved it, never drank it, never, you know knew what hospitality really was until I was at that cafe after eight months, I sort of, you know, I was doing commerce and stopped doing that at uni and went, Oh, well, why don't I go see if I enjoy wine? We are working in a winery and that type of thing. So I worked in the family winery for 12 months. And I guess over that period of time, I really understood what it was about. You know, what hospitality is about, how you can really, I guess, brighten someone's day and, you know, as a venue and as a, you know, even as a single wine bottle. And then I ended up studying Onology and Viticulture and right at the start of that I fell back into fell into Eastern Cellars and you know basically worked my way from being a bartender there to up to you know managing night. And then a little opportunity came up just across the road on Rundle Street, which runs runs adjacent to Varden Avenue, a hospitality group and it was where Irana and Bishop Blackwood used to be. I think you know, if you guys would know where that is, but um, an opportunity came up to be involved there. I sort of reached out and went, you know, I'm looking for looking for some experience in, you know, opening a restaurant, doing more than just a front of house job. Um, and they, you know, thankfully they were really keen on having me across as well and all sort of worked out. So I basically did you know, two two to three months before we opened, you know, it was my first wine list I curated, took, took control of the beverage program there right from the start. And then, you know, about three, between three or four months of it opening, we sort of went our different ways and I was really lucky enough that my, Boston, and the general manager, Ethan Sellers, basically reached out the next day and said, "You know, we'd love to have you back um, as a bit of a split role across the tasting room, sort of bar area as well as the uh, retail shop." Which I'd never had retail experience, and it was always something that I—that's one of the reasons I went to Ethan Sellers at the start was to get that experience. And then you look probably three months down the track, and the opportunity came up. You know, we're gonna—they said, "You know, we're gonna purchase Mother Vine. Would love you to go across there and take control of that as a venue manager, and you know, do the wine program." you know, staff hiring and all of that. And knowing I know this would be an awesome opportunity for me personally, but you know, also sort of I'm very grateful for that trust. they guess they had in me to go over and do that. And then that was in July last year. And, you know, here we are in August 13 months down the track and you know, the, the purchase officially went through in December. So we have sort of really taken control for probably the last, what's now eight months, nine months. And yeah, you know, it's cool. actually having a sister wine bar, to Eastern Cells, being across the road as well.
0: If people haven't been to either of those venues before and obviously East End Stellars is, you know, has been around for a, a good chunk of years and, and really a lot of people who are visiting Adelaide for the first time would probably go there because it's so it's so well known. Like how does it really stand out in the South Australian, you know, wine and dining scene? Because what I'm sort of seeing from an outsider's perspective is a hospitality scene in SA, which is very much around small bars and, and smaller type venues, but a lot of them coming through that are really high quality. Like, how do you guys manage to stand out?
1: Yeah, and I think one of the you know, owner of Eastman Sellers, he came from, a, came from a bottle shop background, and I think you know the story goes that he was working at the Ed Sellers, and on a Saturday afternoon, he'd have people come in, he'd put on some charcuterie and some cheese, and I'd drink wine on a Saturday afternoon. And he went, well, I can probably probably do this by myself. So an opportunity came up uh, probably 20 years ago, just over 20 years ago to move into Varden Avenue. And it sort of went from a bottle shop to having a bar to then having a restaurant. And that just, as soon as last year we redid our kitchen and now we're basically running as a full restaurant, which I think is very rare. I think if you look at, if you look here in Adelaide, you know, we're the only ones that have that, you know, if you look in Melbourne know it's sort of, you know, Prince wine store, they sort they do a similar concept to what we do. But I think, you know, we stand out because, you know, we know and everyone knows that, you know, you can go to a retail store and then drink on premise so you're the cheapest booze you can drink anywhere and especially here in Adelaide. And we we understand that that's why people do it, but it's, you know, it's our food, it's our service. And I think one of the things that Eastern sells is it's the full bar service venue. So it's a little bit up to the guests, you know, how the speed of service, all those things. So it's how we, as front of house team and as managers, um, manage people and to get the best out of the experience. So I think... For anyone that's been there, you go there on a, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's a completely different venue to it is on a Friday and Saturday night. We always have a little joke on the inside, you know, it's like a bit of an uptown nightclub on a Friday and Saturday night, you know, we're just doing more vodka sodas than anything else, but that's the fun of it. And I think that's why we're so popular is, you know, we're one of the busiest places in Adelaide on a Friday and Saturday night, especially over summer and, you know, fringe period where we have street parties There's an extra 400 people are down the street than there would be on a normal night, so... We're really lucky for that, but we also get that, you know, part of that being a bastard is that we still need to offer the you know, best service possible and people aren't just coming there for what's there, people are coming there for us as well.
0: How do you go about curating the wine list and the beverage program for both venues? Because I imagine you would have so many different varieties of wine because of East End Stellars and the access to it, right? Like, how do you go about creating that? Especially for the first time, as you, as you said before, like that must have been... I imagine a pretty challenging but exciting experience for you, Quinn.
1: Yeah, that was obviously part of a different venue. I've had a little bit of experience with wine being through Eastern Cellars, and it's actually funny because about you know about two months into that experience, I sort of went, oh, well, let's get who was the head wine bar at Eastern Cellars at the time, and you know it's been a completely different company. You know, let's get him involved, and I'd love to work with him about you know because I'd never done one before. I was like, you know, we can get him on board. He can help me out and see where he can go from there. And and I think that helped me a lot. And I think being in that Eastern sellers environment where you learn a bit of consumer behavior about what people buy, how much people want to spend. And then obviously it's different being in a restaurant, but I think for me it's food and wine. It's, you know, one complements the other. And it's a lot, it's a big thing that not many people do really well is I think a lot of clientele don't understand that there's nothing better for me than going somewhere, having someone that knows, you know, I'm going to order this, what wine should I drink? And it just complements each other. So well. and it actually makes the wine and the food a lot better. So that's one of the things that I really looked to when I was making that wine list was, that experience and you know that help from the head wine buyer back at eastern cellars is now the general manager and my boss now that i'm back working there was that's the you know the first experience and you know now at mother vine it's how our wine list is i guess i want someone to come to mother vine and i guess what's different to eastern cellars is i really want someone to come and go you know i just want a bottle that i had last week and had the week before and i want to drink it again because it's here and i can i want someone to come in and go you know what what should i drink what's what's Hot at the moment what's different I just want a glass of wine give me something and and as staff you know your ego a little bit you know you get to talk about a wine you get to show off to someone your knowledge and I think that one key to an experience as a guest is they'll remember that over going you know I can come and drink the same bottle of wine wherever and I did that and I was all right but I didn't really get to experience a new a new dish or a new wine and I think that's really key to that experience is you know here. This this is why I think it's good. This is why it will pair with the wine. I think you really enjoy it, and most of them do. Right? You know, they they get that and they're really thankful on their way out.
0: How how often do you actually change sort of the beverage program? Is that kind of a seasonal thing? Is that worked out with how often you change the food? Like, how do you go about doing that as a group?
1: Yeah, so Mother Vine, we look to change the by the glass list every couple of months. There's always a bit of a change over, you know, are not going to finish a full wine list before you change it over. And there's always a bit of a turnover. We do our food sort of seasonally. So it's, they're sort of done, you know, in a similar couple of weeks. So I always look at what food we're doing and how we can have stuff on that will go with different dishes. And, you know, we do cheese pairings with wine and all of those things throughout the list. And now, you know, when I took over last year, our bottle list was something like 350, 400 different references and, We're up I would have counted. I think a couple of weeks ago, and it's almost 550 wines. So it's a big, it's a big task to look after. Um, And none of the by the glass wines is wine that we have in our uh, by the bottle. We always get and stuff in because one reason, you know, people that come to us every every month, every week, get to get to try something new.
0: Is it is it hard to look after 550 different wines? (laughs) That just made me feel incredibly nervous, especially especially
1: when it's. yeah, especially especially when it's a paper wine list. There's a lot of, unfortunately, there's a lot of paper gets 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 lost. But, you know, we, we have little back-of-house structures set up that makes it really easy for me. And, you know, if I you know, get someone else to do it, you know, if you sell out a bottle of wine, you write it down. you' it's all these little things that make it really easy. Hmm. And that's one thing that I've, I've learned over the years is it's all the things you do outside of service and all the things you do back-of-house that actually make service run run as good as it does and as good as it can you know you don't want staff stressing you don't want to stress about all the other stuff you have to do you just want to focus on that that eight to ten hours of service and then outside of that is where you stress about the rest of it you're trying to do both at once i've learned over my years that you just can't do that but as much as you think you can you just you just can't and, and it shows i think it shows to your staff and it shows to it shows to, um customers that come into the venue whether there's something else that's distracting you and that and all of those things do do distract you but yeah now there's there's ways that we we work around it but to there's still a work in progress, but there's always sort of one or two wines that you think you have and you don't have, which is a a bit annoying, but we're getting there. We're improving, yeah.
0: I do want to get into more of the deep dive of your role and and some of your experiences in a a second because I know that's going to be super beneficial to everyone that's listening today, Mm -hmm. Quinn. But before before I do that, I was just thinking what I've noticed is a bit of a trend both in New Zealand and and here in Australia is hospitality groups which have – Venues very close to each other—it seems to become even more prominent the last sort of five years. Venues that are across the road from each other, a bit like how you got with with Mother Vine and East End, and then you know close by in another the local suburb or something like that. What are some of the benefits that two venues directly across the road from each other?
1: We probably didn't see it for the first couple of months that we really took over, but we've heard some feedback, and we've really seen that some of our clientele really do go to both venues on you know for different occasions. And different reasons. We we one of the things when I took over was it was always a different venue, Eastern Sellers, and we wanted to keep it that way. We didn't want to make them the two same venues and people get the same experience at both. I was really keen to make Mother Vine as good as it can be in terms of a guest experience perspective. I think when you look at Eastern Sellers being a bar venue, bar service venue, there's only so much you can control. There's a front of house team, and there's you know having a retail shop, people. Can just go and get their own bottle of wine without actually talking to a staff member and all of those things. And, and whilst yeah, we are really careful of that, we also understand that when he's busy, sometimes you just can't do that. Whereas in Mother Vine, we're really conscious about every guest that walks in the door. Those couple of hours that they're there is how how we can make it known to them, you know, that we are a different venue and that this is where you can just come, sit, sit down, relax. We'll take care of you. If you have any questions? Ask them. We just want you to sit down and enjoy the night. It's a bit, obviously a bit slower pace than the than Eastern Cellars. And, and that's what we want. And that's what I want for, for guests is to, to really understand that they are different venues. And that just comes from us as a front of house team to start with controlling that environment. And, and you know, we do street parties 20, 20, 22 weeks of the year. And whilst it's a bit hard to control it on the end, sometimes on the outside tables and on the street. I think inside... It is yeah, it's still a focus of us so that we can we really need to control that service and, and that just that starts with us and then, then as they walk out the door, they go, you know, we'll go back there because we had a great time, they looked after us and they know if they want a quick drink or a cheap bottle of wine, they can go to each of the cellars. But I think it shows that people don't do that. People come and see us, but they you know, they spend a bit more on food and food and booze just because of that service and that's and been really good.
0: Do you find that your steps of service are actually the same between both venues or is it slightly more amplified and a bit more a bit more of an experience a bit more touch time to the table with mother vine as opposed to east end
1: yeah 100 it's more at mother vine and you know whilst it is still a fast-paced bar service you know i always tell staff that you've got to keep a clock in your head you know you can't be stood at a table talking to them because there's you know eight other sections eight other tables in your section and, and that's what i'm really hot on is every single staff member controlling a section and i think it it's in every venue right like Better you control that section, the more time you can spend with customers, the more time you can, you know, give them every minute that you can possibly give them about talking about wine, talking about food, talking about how their week was, how your week was, all of those things, because that's what they remember. You know, people don't go to venues because of what food and wine they have every time. I think, you know, for me, 80% of the time I go to places because I can sit at a front bar and talk to someone buying a bar, and they can just guide me through what they do well, and that's what I want Mothervine to be known for. And I think it is. I think it is getting there. But, yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're really conscious that, yeah, you've got a certain amount of time at tables and that you just got a clock in your head of, I've got these things, other things to do, and then I can get back to talking to this table and uh, helping them have a good time. The one
0: the one reason I often refer to South Australian businesses as a really good hospitality experiences, a really good training ground, is because they are slightly smaller than here on the East Coast. And I think that, when especially when you start in your mm-hmm. career, it's a really good training ground to... Really, rinse and repeat. Really great quality service and and learn because you have to try harder to get people's dollars in the door. It's just a it's uniquely a tougher city to work in, but I find you get really loyal customers. I, I really want to ask about the memorable experiences and the exceptional yeah, service 100%. and and some stories around that, Quinn, because. As you said before, like you've got, you know, 20 weeks of the year or whatnot that you've got a street party outside your front door. You've got one of the biggest festivals in Fringe Festival from around the world as well. Like that has unique challenges with so many more people potentially at your your back door and your front door wanting to get a drink. What are some of the ways that you guys always deliver on memorable
1: experiences? The interesting is, you know, the street party versus when it's not a street party and uh as easy as it is to say, you know, we do it the same, we don't. I think, I think and it is really important to do it different because, you know, people want different things during those periods of time. I think when you look at, you know, August, September, even July, you know, people more people want to come in, just have dinner, sit down, enjoy their three hours. I think through that fringe period and especially through December where we also do them, is it's a lot faster pace. And I think, you know, people want to come in for a drink and then want to go to a fringe show or they want to go to a fringe show and then come back for a drink afterwards. I want to stand in the street and drink, you know, vodka sodas for the night. It's it's a completely different time of the year. And I think for us, we have about eight tables that we sit on the street. That's that's always different to when there's no street parties. It's always run, you know, there's, it's really important that it's, again, the back of house stuff still set up that whoever's working out there can successfully do it and still provide that same service. You know, and that's down to, is, you know, where tills are, where bottles of wine are, where plates are, all those things, because it's that 10, 15 seconds that you're not out in your section that something can pretty quickly go wrong. And that's what I really half on to staff of that is the more you can spend just walking past tables, chatting to them, the more they feel like they're being looked after. You know, if they look inside and there's, you know, two staff members sitting at the bar and talking to each other, or they just, it just so hard to recover from that for a, for a front of house team. And as a guest, you, you know, you might get them back to neutral, but it's pretty, pretty rare that you get them to having a, you know, a great time and a memorable one, which is what, what we're there for. and, I, and as for me, like I run, I run service a bit different. Whether it's in or out of street parties, and like, you know we understand that in street parties we're going to have people at the bar, and you know the rest of the time we're a full table service venue. You know, so it's having someone else, having someone behind the bar that can deal with people at the bar, and having having tools set up so that people can just come and pay when they want to pay, and those type of things. Whereas outside of service, it's you know sit at your table, we'll get the bill for you, we'll come look after you. So it's a bit of both, but I think you know we're, I harp on a lot about that it needs to be. As similar as it possibly can be and, and I really I really tell that to staff and and get them, you know, it's all it's all about little tricks and it's like five, ten seconds of your time can be spent doing something better or, you know, doing something quicker and, and that's that's how we do it.
0: How do you actually, you know, flex up and flex down by the way of staff? In these busy times, Quinn, like, do, are you guys relying on technology to help with that, or are you just are you able to get the people, the extra staff that you need, you know, during those summer months and during the times you're doing the street party and fringe and all those different events? Like, how are you actually managing that? I imagine that must be
1: pretty challenging. It is, uh, it is, a, it is a task because you know we're at Mother Vine we probably need two or three extra people during those that periods of time, and you know, outside of those six, seven weeks, you don't really need them. But we're really lucky that in Adelaide, I think it's been hard obviously coming out of COVID and I'm sure it's the same everywhere that people don't want to work hospitality anymore. There's, there's a lot less hospitality professionals around. We're really lucky that we do attract a lot of wine and wine hospitality people. And we're whilst, I think, you know, we'll, we'll people talk about us as being a high turnover staff venues, but it's almost the way it has to be being when you only have street parties a certain amount of time of the year and, and, you know, we're really forward to start when we hire people about that is, you know, we we'll, we can give you a certain amount of hours outside of that and when we need you, you know, you're with us full time. And, and a lot of the staff that want to work with us understand that and they do, do stay with us. And then, you know, we also understand that people just want to be there for street parties or just when there's no street parties. And, we, and we're and we really lucky that, and well, fingers crossed it stays this way, but we have enough staff that can do that and, and always have staff wanting jobs. I think we've really seen the last probably 12 months that, people are traveling again. We have a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of people from overseas come and work. I mean, I've currently got a guy from Argentina working for me. I've had a Dutch guy work for me for a couple of months. So it's, it's really good that we're seeing those people travel again, you know, for the first year or two out of COVID, you just, it was impossible to get those and there just wasn't enough of them around to come and work for your venues. And you know, Adelaide's a small city is not especially out of COVID. There's not a lot of hospitality professionals or people that want to work in hospitality anymore. So, uh, but yeah, no, fingers crossed and touch wood that we we stay where we are In fact that we do have enough staff and we can run what we do really well.
0: Can I ask then if, you, if you're managing to keep, you know, a great team together and, and continue to build and continue to grow and, and service the amount of customers that are coming through, obviously you've got a great culture at, at both the venues, but in regards with Mothervine, like how are you actually making sure you're engaging your team? Do you take them on? wine journeys and training wine training all the time in order to keep them engaged like how do you manage to do that
1: yeah i think it's both you know work stuff and outside of work stuff you know we do we do wine training whether it's with suppliers whether it's with me you know every fortnight or so as well as you know food training and then you know also outside as i always take the staff out probably every couple of months we go out for a big dinner and you know, some of the tips go towards that, and they know that, and you know, that's something they look forward to. Is you know that that one night you get to spend every quarter of the year where you just don't think about work. So I think it's a mix of both inside work and outside of work things, and and we're really conscious now having the both venues that it's important that we can do training across both. And when you have a group of a group of staff across a couple of venues, it probably makes it a bit easier to do those trainings and do those, get the supplies into you know do the wine tastings, all of those things, and it's. And staff want to learn, like we you know. I've seen in the last couple of months. Even my chefs want to come in to do wine training because they, you know, they just want to learn about the food and wine stuff and and know what's going on. And staff want to know about what's going on in the kitchen, which is cool. It's cool. As, it's cool as a venue manager to see that stuff happening, and and it makes you, know, yeah, it makes you want to go to work. You know, the hardest thing is, is when you don't want to be at work, and it, you know, it shows the staff. But I'm unfortunate enough that. I love I love being there and I love hanging out with my staff and you know serving customers and I think that that helps the staff enjoy it and it helps them stay motivated. They really they see what motherland can be and what and you know what what it is currently and they want to be a part of that a part of that tenure where it's known for what it is and you know they don't want to change it.
0: Is it tough training new staff member from the ground up with sort of who has little knowledge of wine? What kind of advice would you give someone in the hospitality industry who wants to get into understanding more about wine and like where, where's a, the best starting point do you think
1: yeah so i i know i'm when I, when I i look at three things when i look at a resume i think i look at obviously wine experience being one two how long if you worked previous hospitality how long you've worked in a venue um because you know we see there's a lot of jump around between staff between venues and you know if you see someone's worked in 12 months at a venue they can do it for 12 months and they can stay in the venue for 12 months and stay motivated for 12 months. It makes it really easy to hire. And the third thing is to me is how well you can write a cover letter. Really, if you've got no experience and no wine knowledge and you've got an ability to communicate with people that way, you can, and it's the first thing I do in my interviews, you know, we just have a conversation because you want, you need people who are motivated and who are able to communicate with customers. That's the first thing. Whether you're the best wine knowledge person in the world, if you've got no ability to communicate, it makes it hard and hard to work in hospitality that way so that's the three things i look for and you know when if someone doesn't have any knowledge i think we're really lucky that we have a really really strong wine team across mother vine eastern cellars being the bottle shop as well that it's pretty quickly easy and easy to bring people up to speed that they need to be at and i always talk about stuff you know needing to have a little arsenal of wine that they can sell it's it's your your toolkit right for working the venue It's, it's it's how you sell wine and it's your new knowledge about that it's a little ego booster for you to to sell that wine, you can talk about, so, you know, I have staff at, at five wines that they can go sell a table. And if they don't know, then they're comfortable enough, that they can ask someone else. And I always say, you know, be honest with customers because if you don't know something, they can pretty easily tell that you don't know it. So I always, yeah, I always try and build arsenals. I mean, I've had my current assistant manager. He's had a you know, great experience working in Sydney across in the Love Tele group and the Bentley group. So he's, he's come off on board and been a massive help for me and my Um, other supervisor manager is basically she's studying winemaking. She doesn't really have, she started off when I got here a year ago, basically having no wine knowledge at all. And now she's, now she's got a little area in Petnati and orange wines, South African wines that she's really comfortable selling. And and that's not something a lot of the other staff members are. So it's having that balance in your team about what people are passionate about selling and what people can sell as well, I think. Um, And that's important for us is, is understanding that and making the staff still comfortable that. Yeah, they can sell it, they can sell. But if they don't know it, just ask someone else. Yeah, it
0: adds on to that guest experience if you can talk about it online. Amazing insight there. Also, I wanted to note you talked about cover letters. I think that's incredibly important. The one thing which we do a little bit is, is recruitment and the amount of people who don't think about a cover mm-hmm. letter and putting that in, in the right context, I think, is it's a really good way to get a lead in for a job that you really want. So really good impact. Quinn, I noticed as well, like recently you'd spent some time at Voodamont, obviously, here in, in Melbourne. How do you feel working at these kind of high-caliber venues and how has that helped you in the amazing role that you have at, at Motherbine?
1: Yeah, so that was a – it was actually a funny, you know, about two or three months ago, my, I'm the general manager of Eastman Sellers, who was the previous venue restaurant manager at – assistant restaurant manager at Voodamont maybe. Um, it, was, I reckon it was a Monday morning or something. He you know, rolled over to – other line and said yeah, how do you feel about going over to Melbourne for a couple of weeks in June and at that point I had no idea what, what he meant and you know with a big smile on my face sort of yeah that'd be a cool opportunity And mean I'm always about taking every opportunity to get so when the next next words came out of his mouth being working at Boudomond I guess it was a bit of a, a bit of excitement and a bit of nervous as well you know obviously being a fine dining venue that I hadn't really worked in and I guess leading up to it whilst yeah you're excited and nervous I think I was really looking forward to the learning. I was paying the tape for it. And obviously being findani, fine you can't take everything back to us being a wine bar and type thing, but the, the culture, the culture, the back of house structures, all of those things you can. And that was one of the biggest things I learned over there as well as how, and for me, I guess I always looked at, while I'm in the hospitality industry, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk around how, you know, fine restaurants like that are a bit pretentious and, you know, they know they're really good and, I don't have to worry about the guest service things, their food and their wine list will stand up to what, what they do. But it's, it's just different over there. Like the guys at Vooda you know, they've got two master sommeliers, there's 250 in the world, dead or alive, two of them work there. They've got restaurant man, general managers and restaurant managers who've worked for Heston in, in London and Gordon Ramsay. And you know they've, they've all worked in the best places in the world. And they, the biggest thing I learned and took away was how, how focused they are on the guest experience from the moment they walk downstairs, the moment they leave it's everything they do is, how can we give that person the best two, three hours that they will remember and they'll want to come back because they also understand that, you know, it's, it's an expensive place to go, right? So people can afford to go there every week. People might save up for four months to go there and, but they treat everyone the same. And that was one of the biggest things I learned. There was just everyone that comes in the venue, you just got to make sure they all have a great time and they all remember it for the same reason. Did
0: you implement anything sort of at Mother Vine pretty close after having that experience at Vudemont?
1: It was, it was pretty funny. You know, the first Monday I came back, I had all these, I remember sitting on the plane on the way back um, and, I, and I would have written about uh, probably three pages on a Word document of, you know, what, what I'd remembered and what I took away and what I could implement at Mothervine. And and over the last probably, it's what has it's it now been, a month, just over a month and five weeks, I think it's, for me, I think the majority of the stuff I've put in place is back of house things at the moment. I think one of the things I've barked on about over the last month is that whole guest experience thing, which staff have really picked up on. I remember the first, first day back it was a Tuesday night and I was working with one of the girls and I was, I was very hot on a few things and she sort of went, oh, ma- maybe he shouldn't have gone to boot him and done this <laughs> because I don't want to work here anymore. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think over the last five weeks, I think they understand where I'm coming from and I think they understand how they can be better and how we can be better at the venue, which I'm, I'm very thankful for because, yeah, it, was, you know, it could have gone both ways. You know, when you get a manager that so, solely you know, wants one thing and then I sort of toned back from how it was in the first couple of weeks just because staff picked it up pretty quickly. But, yeah, and I'm probably, there's probably 30 40% of it that you can bring back and really implement into the guest experience in the back of the house ways that they do things you know simple things like checklists and like out of stock lists and the ordering lists and daily task lists and all of those things just makes it so easy whether you're there or not as a venue manager that you know things are going to get done Mm. Uh, yeah so it's made it's made my job almost easier in understanding how i can get my staff to do things better and more efficiently whereas i think before you know it's obviously a hard task explaining and Getting ideas across when they don't really understand where I'm coming from, and my, my general manager who sent me over there, he's always harped on about it. But again, like it's hard when you don't actually see it firsthand to listen to someone and then try and implement it yourself, but also pass it on to other staff. So, for me, it was about how can I go do see what I saw and then talk about it in my own way to get staff to be able to do it, and they've and they and they've really picked up on it, which has been good.
0: Are you thinking of doing any kind of trips like that, any kind of staging at any other venues sort of in the in the near future or sending any of your current team to go and have the experience that you had?
1: I'd love to. I think, you know, an opportunity came up last month. There was a little uh, Hillsmith guy's launched a scholarship that, you know, met the hospitality and, and winemakers to use money to go and travel and whether it's go to a vintage or go work in a venue, you know, I apply for that and then you know, I go and work at places like Noble Rot and those places in sort of you know in London and, and in Paris would be awesome. Just seeing, because there's always talk about, you know, how they one, the clientele are different and two, how they run things because of that is different. So I think going to see a different culture, how they do things, I think that we have vastly different experience to what I'm used to and what Moodemon was, which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm always open to, you know, sending staff to go and do things. My one of the guys who works for me when the idea first came up, he was like when I when I said to I'm going to go for a month Which is funny because he was going to Europe for the same month, so it was two of us down at the venue. But he was like, you know, I'd I'd love to do that. I'd almost give up going to Europe to go work there for two weeks. So for me, that just shows the caliber of stuff that I have, which I'm really lucky for, and also that they want to do that. So I'm always going to be open to sending sending staff away that want to do it and giving them opportunities, the same things that I had, because I'm really fortunate for you know most of the opportunities that I've got, and I think I've been you know I've been pretty lucky coming out of COVID that I've sort of moved my way up in the hospitality industry pretty quickly. It's also, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of myself as a creator to myself, but, you know, you, it's still something you work hard for and, you know, take the opportunities where you get them and, you know, because you get more because of that. So I'm really, really going to harp on now that, you know, people that work hard, I'll give them opportunities to do two different things, whether it's, you know, go somewhere for two weeks or step into, you know, another way step up being a venue manager for two weeks and those type of things that they can just really see how the other side works and see what else is involved in running a venue.
0: My well, last question to you, Queen. obviously you're, you know, you're the start of your career. I know you're doing, you're doing obviously an incredible job at, at Mother Vine with uh, venue management and, and, and curating amazing beverage programs. But now that you sort of, you know, you're very experienced, like do you know what kind of mark that you're trying to leave the hospitality industry with at this point?
1: I think running venues and working in hospitality is all about, you know, a venue and a reputation and a reputation for yourself. I think, as the same with any job, I think it's really hard to get that reputation. And I think it's really easy to lose it. Um, and part of that is, you know, I always talk about, but, you know, in five years' time or by the time I'm sort of 27, I want to make myself as hireable as possible. And, and I harp on to anyone I talk to about that is, you know, whether it's qualifications, whether it's having a degree, whether it's experiences, it's, you know, you work hard for five years and you do all of those things. It's, you build a reputation for yourself that, one, you work your ass off to be able to get opportunities and take those opportunities. But two, you understand that that's what it takes to do that. So that's why when I, you know, when I hire people and I do all those, those things, I'm, I'm sort of used to being on the other side where, you know, I may, may you know, some of these opportunities I may not have been given and, you know, I may not have got these jobs, but you know, I've got them and then I'll, you know, work my ass off to one person who hired me make them grateful that they did hire me. But then two, when I'm hiring people, I want them to do the same thing and, I think that's the legacy thing I want to leave is that, you know, hospitality is sometimes seen as a little, not an easy occupation. It's obviously known as being a low paid one, but it's an occupation where like communication is so important. All these simple life skills that a lot of people don't have is just so important. And I think, you know, when you eventually one day, if you'd ever leave the hospitality industry, I think having those skills of, you know, time organization, communication, stock, or, you know, all the management of stock staff, it's so easily translatable into other, you know, workplaces and other, uh, other industries. But yeah, the, I guess the legacy I want to leave with is that, you know, I've worked my ass off for whatever it's been and I've taken opportunities that I've got and have, I guess, inspired people that they can do the same thing. You know, I'm, you know, 23 years old and I've been doing it for four, four and a bit years. So it can all happen pretty quickly. And that's one of the great things about hospitality is, you know, you work your ass off, it can happen quickly and you can get to the top pretty quickly.
0: Well, well done, mate! Like it's so impressive, you know, in your early twenties to be at the level you're at now, and and obviously it's with your passion and with your experience you're gonna you're gonna create great change. So just congratulations on representing Adelaide so well, representing the industry so well. I'm just so excited to see what you're gonna do next, mate. What's the best way that people can find out more about Mother Vine and obviously Eastern sellers and and come in and drop in and say g'day.
1: Yes. Instagram is probably the best. We do all of our marketing from Instagram, sellers on Instagram and mother vinyl Instagram. We're actually we're about three weeks away from opening a new Eastern Sellers in Norwood. So it's Easton Sellers Norwood on Instagram. That will be, that'll be really cool for people to see, see a new venue, which when we'll do full table service, that it will be a bit different to the current one. We just got our first Krug ambassadorship in Australia. So we'll be pouring Krug um, for all those out there that know that wine. So yeah, no, do, do drop in and do flick us a message. Because most of the time it's me replying or one of the marketing teams, but yeah, Instagram Instagram's the best way for uh, to contact
0: us. And that Norwood venue is going to be open by the time that this podcast drops. It's going to be in the show notes of this podcast, so you can check out everything that's happening with inside the group. Quinn Spencer, thanks so much for your time. No, thank you very much. <laughs> thanks again for tuning to this episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one. It's great an Adelaidean myself to actually have someone from Adelaide speak so amazingly about the industry that is happening in South Australia. So I hope you do check out Mothervine and East End Cellars next time you're in SA. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. It's the reason why we can keep doing what we're doing. So we really appreciate you sharing along. Until next time, stay well, everyone. Now, if you feel like you can never get on top of your back of house ops, you'll want to hear about our sponsor for this season, Loaded. Loaded's hospitality management software has changed the game for hospitality performance in New Zealand, and they've just arrived in Australia to help you do the same. Their everything in one place platform helps you master your reporting inventory, simplify your recipe and menu management, reduce your cogs, and become an epic central hub that immediately puts you in control. I've seen Loaded's impact firsthand and if you're running a bar, pub, restaurant or cafe, you need to reach out to their team. Check them out at loadedhub.com.